0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Hi, everybody. This is Stacy Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart podcast. Today, we're going to be playing... The audio version from one of the chapters from the book, Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You. This is chapter four, Our Mothers, Ourselves. Mark volunteered at an after-school program tutoring high school students in English. Sister Janet was the driving force behind all aspects of the program. Sister Janet found out that Mark played the cello well, so she asked him to play for a school assembly. Mark was not gung-ho on the idea. He told Sister Janet that assemblies featuring classical music did not go well. They can get ugly. Sister Janet replied that their boys would never behave in an ugly way. Their boys, by the way, were young men, ages 15 to 17, incarcerated in the Los Angeles Juvenile Detention Center, awaiting trial for crimes ranging from armed robbery to murder. And she wanted Mark to play the cello. Sister Janet was a force to be reckoned with, so she convinced Mark. The day of the assembly came, and Mark was escorted by a guard to the side room adjacent to the stage and told to wait. While he was waiting, he could hear the blasting sound of hip-hop music and the young men going crazy with happiness. He ventured a peek out the door and saw that the star of the show was a scantily clad young woman, musically challenged, banging on a tambourine. Mark closed the door and slumped in his chair. In walked Sister Janet. Mark exclaimed, This was a huge mistake. Listen to them out there. They're going crazy and all that for a girl in a bikini. There's a girl in the bikini out there? Sister Janet asked, intrigued. It might as well be a bikini. Mark whined. Have a little faith, Sister Janet urged. The time came for the hip hop group to leave. The guard opened the door for Mark and motioned for him to come onto the stage. As he walked across the stage, Mark tripped over his cello, earning laughter and applause. Not anxious to play, he regaled the audience with interesting to him and boring to them facts about the cello until he just couldn't put it off any longer. I'd like to play The Swan for you. It's a song that always reminds me of my mother. Mark began to play. The concrete floors, the bare walls, and the high ceilings made the room as resonant as a shower stall. The music was beautiful. But then he began to hear another sound, the sound of restlessness, movement, shuffling. Oh, great, he thought. They're bored already. Risking a glance, he saw that the noise he heard was snuffling. The young men were wiping their runny noses on their sleeves. Tears flowed down their faces— Mark continued to play the swan better than he had ever played it. When he finished, it was to rousing applause. Now I'd like to play a Sarabonde by Bach. Mark again played well. After a smattering of applause, one young man yelled out from the back, "'Play the one about mothers again!' "'Oh!' It was not so much the beauty of the music that had moved the inmates, but rather the invocation of motherhood. Mark played the song two more times and received a standing ovation. The young men booed the guard when he came to escort Mark off the stage. Mother. In The Pastor's Wife, Sabina Wormbrand shared that at night in prison, when all is quiet, one word is called out in the darkness most often. It is a plea and a prayer all in one. Mother. On battlefields, when the fighting is done and soldiers lie wounded and dying, one word is universally called out. Mother. I called it out. I was 12 years old, and my brother had finally allowed me to ride his mini bike. He gave me instructions on all things save one how to stop. Our driveway was long and steep, and the trees bordering it hid the road. I flew down the driveway, increasing in speed as I went, sped straight across the road, smashed into the curb, and flew over the mini bike, breaking my fall on the neighbor's wooden fence. Mom! I cried. She came running. She came with Mr. Next Door Neighbor, and the two of them helped me limp to my room and to my bed. A short while later, my mom came in to check on me, and her words were, You need to lose weight. You were really hard to carry because you're so heavy. It was embarrassing. Mother. It's a powerful word for a powerful woman who has made all kinds of impact on your life. Our mothers have blessed us and have wounded us. It's now time to pursue more of the healing Jesus has for us by turning our attention to our mother wound, which for some of us is the mother of all wounds. Big breath. Keep breathing. The power of a mother. I was watching over my sons at the playground one afternoon when our oldest, only five at the time, began to move in a forbidden direction. In a flash, this noise burst out of my mouth that sounded like a machine gun. Ah, 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 ah. I had never made that sound before. But my mother had. I looked around. Where had that come from? Aren't you shocked when your mother suddenly emerges through you? We say... I'm becoming my mother and this is usually not spoken with glee. There is a tension between mothers and daughters that feels almost primal. Sometimes our differences alone can become a source of division. My mother didn't like the ocean and barely knew how to swim, and I am part fish. She got heat stroke if she was out in the sun for too long, and I love the sun. She dressed classically and conservatively, and I don't like button down shirts. Callers give me hair rats. She preferred tennis shoes. I prefer flip flops. She thought I should cut my hair. I still haven't. Yet there are things about my mother that I so love. My mother loved to garden. I love to garden. She loved to bake. I love to bake. She decorated the house for holidays. I do that. She liked to entertain. I enjoy having people over. She sponsored a child 45 years ago before most people knew the opportunity existed, and she brought orphans to her home to spend the day playing. I hope I'm like that. She was self-controlled and self-disciplined, and how come I didn't get more of that? Honestly, there are many, many ways I would like to become like my mother. Lillian Hellman said, My mother was dead for five years before I knew that I loved her very much. Luckily for me, and thank you, Jesus, I figured it out before my mother passed away ten years ago. It's easy to blame our mothers. Children will blame their moms when they're hurt, so will teenagers. I was walking down the stairs behind my son Sam when he was about four years old, and he knocked his hip on the stair rail. It made a big thump sound, and I knew it had to hurt, but what he did next surprised me. He turned to me with a glare and growled, Mom! What? I didn't do it to him. Why is he blaming me? We want to honor our mothers. The command to honor your father and your mother is found several times in scriptures. It is the only command with a promise attached. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 20 verse 12. Your land may be land or it may be a calling. A business, a relationship, a ministry, your land is your territory, your domain. Mothers teach, counsel, and guide. do not forsake your mother's teaching proverbs one eight mother's comfort as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you isaiah sixty six thirteen Mothers are a source of wisdom. The famous proverbs thirty one was written by King Lemuel as an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Proverbs 31.1 There is a reason Proverbs personifies wisdom as a woman. Lady wisdom walks in grace and wisdom purchased over decades of choices to cultivate her heart by faith. Wisdom is earned, and a mother passes her wisdom, her way, her core beliefs, onto her children. I am reminded of your sincere faith. Which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Too often we have diminished our mothers, both who they are and what they've done. We want to respect the weighty role they have played in our lives. We also need to be honest about our mothers. They have affected us far more than most of us realize. How could it be otherwise? Women are made in the image of God, remember, God said, "Let us make mankind in our image in the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them genesis one twenty six and twenty seven That means that our feminine hearts find their root in the heart of our Creator God. I'm not questioning the gender of God or the fact that God is our heavenly Father; He most definitely profoundly is." He's not our heavenly parent. Father is masculine. But the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, does not have a gender but is the source of gender. There is the Father heart of God. There is also the Mother heart of God. I put some words earlier to what a mother is meant to do. Teach, guide, impart wisdom, comfort, does that sound like any member of the Trinity to you? The Holy Spirit, maybe? You carry so much dignity simply because you are a woman. You are an image-bearer of the living God, priceless, integral. In order to increasingly become who we truly are, we need to increasingly pursue deeper healing with Jesus So with that in mind and heart, I want to gently explore our mother wound. But you should know right off that I'm not going to throw our mothers or ourselves under a bus. None of us is a perfect mother. None of us had one. God alone is perfect. I do not want to usher in guilt or shame or accusation or regret or resentment. No, in Jesus' name, no, A great deal has been written on the impact a father has on his son or daughter. My husband and I have both talked about this ourselves in previous books, Captivating, Wild at Heart, Fathered by God. Every child enters the world with a core question, and the primary person they bring their heart's question to is their father. For men, the question is, Do I have what it takes? Am I the real deal? For women, it's, Do you delight in me? Am I captivating? But for both girls and boys, the deepest question is, do you love me? Because of the way God has created the universe, the father-child relationship is the deepest in our souls. The father bestows identity. This is who you are. This is your true name. How your father answered those questions for you helped shape you into the woman you are today. Your earthly father played and is still playing an enormously defining role in your life. It can easily follow in our thinking that mother must play a secondary, incidental role. But why would we believe that what the father offers his children is of the utmost importance and what the mother offers her children is, um, hmm, clean underwear and Easter baskets, Got a great father? Super. You're all set. Oh, if only. No. The role of mother is profound, and the role your mother has played and continues to play in your life is utterly central to shaping the woman you are today. Father bestows identity. Mother bestows self-worth. Did your mother value you? As a woman. Your mother is your most potent role model. How she felt, what she thought, and what she believed had a direct effect on you. What our mom felt about her body affected deeply how we feel about our bodies. What she believed also affected what we believe, including what we believe is possible in relationships, what men are like, what marriage can be like, how happy we can be. Our mom impacted what we think is possible in this life, what we can attain, achieve, and become, how high we set our goals and dreams, and even how we care for ourselves. It's important to take a look at that. Her effect on us is not a life sentence on us because Jesus has come for us and we have been adopted into a new family. We have a new bloodline. But all that our mothers believed was passed on to us and we need to become aware of it. What did or does your mother believe? How did or does she treat herself and her needs? Are you worth sacrificing for? Are you worth being inconvenienced for, taking the time for, loving? Do you have any worth? Your mother is the one who answered these questions in your heart, and not just her daughter's heart's questions, but her son's too. Your mother's effect on you is profound. It is foundational, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, and cellular. She played an enormously defining role in your life, and that began when you were in your mother's womb, continued on while you were an infant, and progressed through every stage of your life until this very moment. A baby being formed in the womb knows much, feels much, even hears much. It's documented that a baby in the womb is aware and that at some deep level, we actually remember what was happening in our world while we were in there. If, while in the womb, a baby has a stressed, fearful, or angry mother, it has a direct effect on the developing baby. The mother's emotions transfer to the baby. The issues a mother struggles with will transfer as well. For example... If a mom is substantially overweight while pregnant, chances increase exponentially that the child, when grown, will struggle with obesity as well. Actually, if the mom struggles with any kind of addiction, the potential increases dramatically that her child will as well. I have battled with obesity for the better part of the past 30 years. My mother, however, was not overweight when pregnant with me, so I can't lay the blame for any obesity at her feet. Darn! She was, though... Deeply overwhelmed and profoundly depressed. I was a baby whose arrival was a cause not for celebration but for weeping. My mother didn't know how in the world she could manage another child or even survive. What happens in the womb sets the foundation for your life. When a mother is happy, secure, and hopeful, the blood flow to her uterus opens up and fully nourishes the fetus. When a mother is worried, anxious, or fearful, the blood vessels constrict and the flow of blood to the fetus is constricted. The developing baby does not get enough. If that experience is predominant, the baby comes to believe in her core that she will not have enough. She is not secure, not safe, and not taken care of. Questions are being answered in her tiny heart. Am I secure? Will there be enough for me? Enough food? enough emotional nourishment, am I wanted, rejoiced over, panicked over? Am I coming into a dangerous living environment or a safe one? A baby in the womb can hear voices. She'll recognize her mother's voice upon birth. You see, a mother is a mother as soon as she conceives. All that is going on in her life during those nine months of gestation matters. It affects the child it affected you while you were being formed in your mother's womb think on it do you think you were satisfied did you get enough was your mother stressed afraid worried did she smoke drink was she excited about being pregnant or terrified of it since your mom was a human being There were definitely times when she was stressed by the prospect of your arrival, and once their baby arrives, most mothers have moments or months of feeling pretty overwhelmed. You give birth to a baby, and they just send you home with it. As a first-time mother, I got hit pretty hard with postpartum depression, and for the life of me, I couldn't understand how any child had ever survived. I was overwhelmed by the responsibility, the prospect of caring for and raising a child. Those same feelings accompany a mother who has adopted her child as well. And we can safely assume that adopted babies had birth mothers who were, at times, filled with anxiety too. If you were adopted... You had a birth mother who loved you profoundly and unselfishly enough to relinquish your precious self to a family she knew could offer you what she could not. You yourself may have made that incredibly difficult and utterly loving choice. God bless you for that. God knows what that has been like. Well, that's it for today. And I hope that that stirred some things in you that lead you to pursue God and deeper healing. Get the book. There's a lot of life to be found in it. I really pray that God uses it deeply in your heart. And if you enjoy hearing the excerpts, I also did an audio recording of the book that's available, Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You.